Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method, that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, and today we have Monica Snyder on with us. And we are going to talk about a topic that I think is going to be really intriguing visual velocity and how to use that to increase conversions. Before we get into that, though, let's introduce Monica and welcome to the show, Monica. Tell us all about you. Thanks for having me. It's so fun to be here. I am actually a software developer turned marketer and business owner. I have been coding software since I was eight, and then I decided that corporate was not for me. I did the whole, you know, follow the proven path of go to school, go to college, get good grades, get the good job, climb the corporate ladder. And as I was um, reporting to the COO of my company, I realized that it was awful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did not like it yes. and that, um, <clears throat> that I should pay attention to all the signals along the way where I was always in trouble for, you know, the little things that uh-huh. we sometimes as entrepreneurs get into trouble t- for um, when we're trying <laughs> to follow the path that's not right. For us. Right. I can, I can so, appreciate that a lot. I, I have a similar path, also corporate, and then realized, whoa, man, a lot of time spent doing something I don't like doing anymore. So I get that. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. So go ahead. Sorry, didn't mean to yeah, cut you no, off. Yeah, that's okay. So I left <laughs> and I thought I would build software and people would magically buy it. And um, as you probably know, and your listeners probably know, people don't magically buy things. You have to get yes. them to see it first and get them <laughs> to understand why they need it and why yours is the best out there. So that is right. how I turned into a marketer and a business owner. And here I am Got now. It. So here we are. Yeah, I always say um, I use the analogy you know, if you build it, they will come. And I I sort of, when I first started in the online space, sort of had this like idea that somehow I put my website out there for the first time, just like you said, and like magic, it was all these people were going to come and they were going to all sign up for my amazing stuff. And all of a sudden, what? (laughs) They don't just magically come? So thus the marketing. But you currently now own a company called Birdsong, right? And yes. and that's your your brand and your business at this point. But we're going to talk about visual velocity and what the heck that is and how it increases conversions. So this is a term I've heard a couple of different times, and I think it's getting more used as we move forward. But tell me what does visual velocity mean? And and let's start having conversation about it. Sure. So I define visual velocity as the speed at which somebody sees imagery that makes them take action. So that's the velocity wow. part, right? I want them to yeah. take action based just on an image. And I developed this concept and like how this framework works when I was building Facebook ads for my clients. Because- yep. What I learned was that the more that I could stop the scroll and get the action just from the image, the better my ads did. Yeah. 
So visual velocity is getting someone to take action based on what they see, right? Right. So talk to me a little bit about how do you do that? How yeah. how does that work? And what are some things that that we could be thinking about as we want to all increase conversion rates, like particularly in the e-com space, right? Like that's all we want to do is to get people to see our stuff and like instantly buy all of it all the time. But that doesn't happen just like we said with websites. Like it, it, it isn't magic. Yeah. So how do we, how do we start working on some of that? Or what, what are some tips, advice you have? Absolutely. So there's a combination of three things that your image should have. And one okay. of them is clear imagery of kind of what it is. Another one is a couple of words to explain it. And the other one is a tangible result. So let's take a classic before and after. They have very high visual velocity, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the before and the after images are the clear imagery and they are also the result, right? The after is the result. So, you know, if you take something like a cleaning product and you show something really dirty and then, you know, you show it clean and your cleaning product was what, you know, caused that to happen, then yeah. somebody's going to instantly understand right? That, and then you yeah. can, you know, put the before and after would be the couple of words in that example. Yes. Um, Got it. Okay. So what if I have something that's not really a, a before and after type of situation? Yes. Yeah. So one of the things um, that well, actually one of the, the ad I discovered this on was for a one sheet podcast download for a client that teaches people how to do really well on podcasts, how to show up and how to get, get people to take action based on what you do. And so we created these one sheet templates. And what was happening was that I would show a picture of the template, which was like the result, right? And I had yeah. the headline, but people still weren't getting it. And then I put a big picture of a microphone on there and yeah. it converted like bananas at that point because they instantly understood that the template had to do with podcasting. Got right? it. And so just that one little addition of that visual of like what, like the imagery that went along with what they needed to think, which was the podcast, that yeah. would be the clear imagery in that situation. The few words were, you know, podcast one sheet templates. And then the tangible result was the actual template that they were getting. So yeah. that is how you could do it for not a before <clears throat> and after. Okay, so let's take this into the e-com space for just a second and think about product-based businesses that are, I see this done a lot with um, beauty brands, right? A lot of times I, I see beauty brands, obviously before and afters, but with that, but let's just say this isn't a before and after. This is like a, a makeup situation or or things like that. I see a lot of, or even outside of beauty brands, I see a lot of products stylized with things that don't necessarily match the product. <laughs> yes. I'm saying this nicely. So we, we, we have images of, of lip balms in a jungle, or we have people that have, because it's, because it's bright colored, right? And they think right. that's going to be attention grabbing. Or sometimes I'll see, you know, skincare uh, alongside of a plant, but yet it's not necessarily the plant that's in the skincare. It's just a visual plant, like a succulent or something. You know what I mean? Because right. that's what they were told visually would be appealing. So <laughs> it obviously it has to make sense, I would think. But like for, for product-based businesses, what are some things that you could recommend for people, not just with ads, but for people who are looking at unique ways 
to get this visual velocity. Maybe their product isn't super stunning on its own, but like what's some recommendations that you have? Cause I I've seen really, really bad images on Facebook websites, all sorts of things, but not because they're not trying, right? It, it's, right. it's, they're giving it a good effort. And that's kind of, somebody said somewhere that was what you should do is put a plant in your upper left corner and take a picture. Right. right. right? Well, this is like a contrasting color, right? Because right. one of the things, especially about Facebook ads is, you know, you have to stop the scroll and a lot of times bright colors do that. Right. right. But how do you make that bright color match sort of what your customer that you're going for in that ad wants? So right. for example, if you take a lip balm like, are you trying in that ad to appeal to moms? Well, then you might want to have, right, like kids safe lip balm, let's just say that. Or because, um, mm -hmm. and, and like maybe the, the thing that's different about that product is that you don't have the little caps that kids can swallow and go to the emergency room on, right? Right, right. And so like I would show an imagery of like a kid holding a lip balm and like put like, you know, lid safe for kids. Yep. Right. And then the yep. target would be mom. So it's not also, it's not just like generic, right? When you're creating an ad, it's for a specific audience. Right. And then if you wanted to do something, you know, like on a bigger product page, right, that could be one of many ads if that was the same product for say, right. you know, also like teenage girls, they don't care if the lid won't go down their kid's mouth. They don't have a kid. Right. right? And so maybe theirs is that, um, you know, that, the boys like it or something. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Something appealing to your audience. Yes. Right. Yes. Or right. that it will like, you know, fit inside of their, you know, pocket and not look terrible. Right. Sure. Sure. Something like that. So what do you think about, you know, direction that people are getting that do say sort of just add a, a red bar to your Facebook ad or just add a bright color to your Facebook ad, even though it may not necessarily correlate directly to or I've seen sometimes we've got product based businesses that are um, trying to get the scroll to stop. Right. And trying to do the visual velocity. Right. but not necessarily doing it very well. Um, but they're using techniques that are out there or that they're reading about or that they're hearing about or seeing about that, you know, in some cases probably do work, but maybe don't necessarily work from a conversion perspective. Cause it's, you know, it's, you can get somebody to click your link, mm -hmm. you know, you, you can get somebody to click the page. It's getting them to purchase it is the biggest challenge. Right. So what do you, what do you think about, you know, some of those pieces of advice that people are giving and getting out there of just grab a color and put it on there for distraction purposes, that type of thing. Well, here's what I would honestly say is test it, but try to make it as in line with what you are trying to, with who you're trying to appeal to as possible, right? right? Because, and to your point, make sure that what you really want to happen is happening because you may have the lowest you know, um, cost per click, but nobody is buying your product. Well, it, you're just wasting your money at that point. Right. So change up your imagery. And as far as putting like a red bar or a pink banner or something like that, that is actually a really great place to put those few words. Right. So people see those words. So I am not opposed to that. I just think that you need to do it strategically and make sure that the whole image conveys the big benefit to the person seeing the ad or the right. product page or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Whoever your target is, does it appeal to them? So that that's how you get people to actually purchase. If The less you make them think and more desire you create with an image, 
then you're going to get more sales. Right, for sure. And I think that a lot of the stopping of the scroll, at least in my experience, you know, isn't always the most jarring image out there. A lot of times it is the words, it is the, you know, the the visualization of it and things like that too. So before and afters you talked about are really good. Having words on on content is really good specific for, you know, the audience. What are some other tips of of things to help us with visual velocity? I just love that word. I think that's such a cool word. I think it's so great. I, I'm going to use it all the time now. I love visual velocity. Yes. Um, so another a few other things that really help, which are minor, but subtle and, um, and but they just help. It's like point an arrow to what you want them to look at. Right. Huh. Yes. Well, like, I know that, right? right. It's like when I say it, it's obvious. And also if you've got a model, make their eyes look at what you want them to look at on the ad, because people will naturally look at something that has an arrow pointed to it or that someone else is looking at. Yeah. And so those are a few other things that you can do. A few other tips for, you know, increasing that, like getting people to see what you're wanting them to see and look where you want them to look. It's a little bit of the slip subliminal you know, messaging with looking at the thing, right? And a little bit of the, duh, get an arrow pointing to the thing that you want them to look at. When you say it out loud, Monica, it sounds like so ridiculous, but, you know, I probably, you know, don't think of that as often, you know, as you should. Well, the other other tip I have for you is give the clearest directions (laughs) possible you can of the action you want them to take. So, you know, on an ad... On an ad, this isn't as prominent, but maybe, you know, on the, like a product page, you know, have, have a picture that says, you know, click the red button that says, put it in your cart. Right. (laughs) Um, and you laugh at me and like, no, I don't, I, I hear you. I do. I, I know I've said this to people before, but it's so good to hear other people have this same level of, of, you know, dumb it down. Make it, yes. don't make it so they don't have to think and tell them exactly what to do. Well, that's so this comes from a concept that I learned in software development on user interfaces. It's like there's a whole book actually. It's I think it's called Don't Make Me Think. Literally, that's the name of the book. <laughs> I love and, it. Um, and so that's the concept I learned when building software actually is like if you have to like sit and figure it out, you're not going to, right? Nine yeah. times out of ten. You have to be really motivated to like drudge through something. This is also why we all, you know, hate it when a big software that we use changes their interface or like puts in a different feature. We all get really frustrated, right? Because we're used to one thing and then you got to think your way through it for a while. Yeah. Um, And that's just, so the less you make them think and that's also a few words, right? Like people don't want to read 17 paragraphs on an image. They want, you know, before and after, Um, you know, or like, uh, you know, podcast one sheets again, back to that example, or, you know, lip balm where the lid you know, your kids can't swallow the lid or whatever. Yeah. Um, I would work on that headline, but <laughs> <laughs> we get the point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, that's a, it's a really good thing is, is really, and it feels maybe to some people awkward to say, or to tell people on their website, like push this button to check out, but it, it does, <clears throat> it does really actually work, right? Like, yes. I mean, you have kind of proven this over and over again in, in your yeah. business that this is is working. But do you have any like stats or maybe I'm putting you on the spot yeah. here, but, no. but tell me a little bit about like how you know this works. So I'll give you an example of, of my own thing. So I have 
a funnel which sells email marketing templates. Yeah. And um and it <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say this, but I realized that when you land on the page initially, there was not an email in sight. Like you didn't you had to read to understand you were looking at email templates. So then <laughs> I got smart and put like a picture together of, you know, like email that looked like emails and put the names of the templates on those emails. And Don, I tripled my conversion rate in six weeks. It went from 5.57 to 16.86% because people had like, they didn't have to think about it anymore. They knew that they were getting emails. (laughs) Like visual velocity right there. That's it. That is it. You know, it's interesting you say that because I'm thinking about my own, um, my own lead magnet. And this thing, I always call it like the fugly email because it's, it's, it's fun <laughs> and it's kind of ugly at the same time, right? Like it's, it's not the prettiest of the funnels that anybody's seen, but this thing converts at 48% pretty consistently, like between 40, 52% for years, it's done it now. And Amazing. it's not overly complex funnel, but the one thing that you just said that I just didn't even connect to is that I have an image at the top of the funnel of what the checklist looks like. So they know exactly when they land on that page, oh, this is the checklist. I want that thing. I don't even think it's like it might say it at the top, but the connection between here is the actual image of it and here's Mm -hmm. the button right below. Click this to get the checklist. (laughs) I mean, again, doesn't seem like rocket science, but we don't do this. We don't do this. And even like, you know, I mean, I'm a pretty seasoned marketer at this point and I missed it in my own funnel. So there's, (laughs) there's no shame in your game. Just go look at your funnel from like, if, and like, do you instantly feel like the product that you're offering is, is like, like you would know it instantly. Right. Yes. I mean, this is again, kind of, you know, mind blowing, but yet silly. (laughs) not like, but we don't think about it that way. And, and that's why this is such a cool topic to talk about on the podcast, because these are really simple, easy things that people can go do right now. And to your point in your funnel, get pretty immediate results, improvements and, and start seeing that increased conversion on just some of the simplest things. Yes. I, I added it actually the second we get doubled. Um, wow. And then over the next few weeks, it it went way up. And I also use those images in my ads. The ads yeah. that have done the best for me for that email marketing funnel are the ones that have envelopes involved because people associate email and envelopes, um, yeah. right? So that's actually another way you could see, to see what people are associating that you may not think about, go to Google Images and search your keywords and you'll Ooh, see what that's people good think of when they, because if you're stuck for it, right? Like podcast, right? Like microphone not, that's not too far of a leap, right? Emails. Yeah. Um, but if you've got something like, um, I'm going to try to think of something else. Like, I can't think of anything, of course. But anyway, yeah. go to Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an, interesting, that's an interesting tip because I teach that in uh, uh, some of my trainings about, you know, for product descriptions specifically, right? Like, mm-hmm. so when people are Googling hair care, what are some things that come up? When you Google hair care, what are some keywords that, that come up and can you utilize some of those things in your in your description, right? So that people understand it. Because a lot of times people like to name things like Dawn's eyelashes. Well, nobody's searching for Dawn's eyelashes, right? <laughs> They're searching for our fake eyelashes or something, something eyelashes or those types of things. Right. So 
the same would hold true. What you're saying is go and do that same sort of research, but instead of looking for keywords, look at images that are specifically going along with that and pull out some of those ideas. Well, that's a great tip. That's a great tip. Awesome. Well, or like, yeah, for one, like just one more example, you just made me think of like, if you had a mascara that was like automatically curling eyelashes, right? Like you could show, I mean, this would be a video, but you could show like somebody throwing away their curler, eyelash curler. Right. Right. And so that way they get a little bit more of the visual of like the benefit of having your specific mascara. You know, this is, tell me a little bit, and, and I'm kind of backing up a little bit on this, but tell me, how did you learn this to be, you know, uh, the, the way, I mean, you did it with your own, you did it with your clients and you kind of mentioned a little bit about, you know, your, your software company, but like, this is, again, these are, these are little tips and tricks of things that are so important for business owners. How, how did you kind of come to this word visual velocity and how did you kind of get here with your teachings? Yes. So again, software developer here, and what we do is we we see patterns, right? So one of my gifts is actually, I'll just take a set of data that appears to be random and figure out its similarities. And so what I, what, what I did actually was that first client with the podcast thing was the first thing. And then I did it a few more times. And finally I started doing it intentionally with what I saw the pattern was, which was those three things, a few words. very clear imagery of of what it is that you're getting, plus the imagery of sort of the result or the the tangible result and and putting those things together in a way that people could instantly understand. And that's when I understood the components that make a before and after image so powerful, right? Because before and afters are the, the obvious, right? But then how do you, like you were saying, how do you do it with something not so obvious? Right. And, um, and yeah, so that's, and then that I just start applying it. And so now it's actually like part of my checklist before we launch. Yeah. Um, and, and for anything from a lead magnet funnel to, you know, another funnel to an ad, it doesn't really yeah. matter. This concept applies in any right. and every part of your funnel, even your buttons, like your buttons should have like, first of all, please, dear Lord, make them look like a button. These ghost buttons <laughs> kill me the, just the outline and like the ones too that are yes. like all the banner all the way across the page that you can't really tell are a button. Like just don't yes. do that. That's yes. Make it a button. Put a few words on it that are like a benefit or what they get now, like your checklist button, right? Get the yes. checklist now and then put an arrow. <laughs> so it implies action. Like yes. those little icons. And you can also like you can use your keyboard um, and or you can Google like right arrow, um, right arrow. Yes. And then you can copy and paste if you can't yes. put an icon after it, if you, you know, whatever software, but even just adding that little arrow triggers people to be like, oh, there's an action here that I should take. Yes. Yes. So. I love that. And I love the reason I wanted you to kind of go back and tell us again about how you came to this is because I knew you were going to say this about the data, right? Mm-hmm. And, and data driving decisions, because my whole philosophy, my whole agency concept is all about data and using data to make decisions. Like we emotionally have a lot of attachments to what we think are going to work, or we have a lot of emotional attachments. A lot of the people listening to the podcast and a lot of my clients are people who have made products, right? Like they're very mm-hmm. invested in their product, just like with digital courses or anything else. You, you've created this thing and you're very invested in it and you are emotionally attached to it. So you want it to look a certain way or you want it to feel a certain way. And the reality is the data may not 
suggest that that is the right way (laughs) to do things, right? As you have since proven that these are the points in which you should make the decision. So I love that concept of using data to help you drive those decisions. So that's great. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. Data is, data is awesome. And I would also say, be sure you're checking the right data. So back to what you were saying earlier is like, yes, you know, this bright pink banner might get you a a great click-through rate, but are people actually purchasing? Yeah. Right. Right. Definitely look at your data, but look at the conversion data that you want to know. And it may be further down your funnel. And, you know, your your okay. conversion rate to clicking might be lower for people who are buying. Yeah. So, and that's okay, right? Like that yeah. that's good. I mean, you you definitely need to look at the right data points. And we could probably do a whole podcast on nerding out on data and all. <laughs> data points that we, that we should be looking at, could be looking at, how do you look at those patterns, all those kinds of things. So maybe we'll have you back for another, <laughs> another <laughs> podcast on really exciting, nerdy data kind of conversation. But I think too, you know, you talked about the buttons looking like buttons and actions and things like that. I'm going to ask you one final question as we kind of wrap up this, this ever-ending question I get asked, what color should my button be to make it the highest converting? Is there the one size fits all answer that everybody needs to know? I think the one size fits all answer is high contrast. And what that means is that if you've got a white background, make it a bright red or a bright green button. And if you've got a black background, make it a white button. Like, so contrast is the idea of like, it's opposing colors, right? Right. So don't make it blend in. Yeah. <laughs> then and past that, I feel like make it your design aesthetic because if it's like this bright green ugly button and the rest of your side is like, you know, these gorgeous pastels, right? right. And you've got like this neon green, like that is that breaks a rule of design and trust, right? It's like, yes. oh, why did they put that big ugly green button there? Right. Yes. But make yes. it a bright, bold green that stands out that does fit in your color palette so that it is high contrast against everything else around it. Yes. Yes. Well, that is an awesome tip. And I think that the these are all things that, again, like they're not overly complicated things to do. They're not overly hard things to do, but they are like so important. And, and they really can make a fast impact in your business. They can make a fast, you know, conversion improvement. They can do all these different things. So I, I think you've brought so much to the table today. And I think this is, you know, a really cool way to think about you know, how we create and what we do and how we put it out into the world, the visual velocity. I love that. I love that. So if people are looking to find out more about you, Monica, and your business and how they can learn more about this concept of visual velocity, where can they go to learn more about you? They can go to birdsong.co, B-I-R-D-S-O-N-G.co, and uh, check out all the good stuff we got there. And and also just let you know, Birdsong is my maiden name. So my company... Uh is named after my maiden name. Wow. That's cool. I love that. I love that. So it's like a family name, right? It's so amazing. And it's beautiful too. And you should go check out her website if you're interested in, in how visual velocity should work in real life. I think Monica's website is absolutely beautiful and something to check out. She also has different courses that teach the concept of visual velocity. She's got other things around lead magnets and and programs and all sorts of really good stuff that you can go check out if you are interested in that. Well, any final tips or thoughts, Monica, before we wrap up? I thank you so much for coming today and sharing with us all these amazing tips. 
Yes, I would say um, when you're testing, give at least 100 people a chance to see your test before you make a decision. Ooh, that's and a that great would be one. my final note on adding visual velocity to your websites, funnels, pages, buttons, all the things. All the things. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And until next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact and let's book a call. Thanks so much again and until next time.